opportunity for me to preach. Um, but I guess what that really shows is just how powerful it is when you actually share how God has worked in your life with people. And just that sometimes is even more powerful than a pastor preaching. Um, but today I just want to start off the sermon with a, a tradition, a church tradition that's been in, in Christianity for centuries, for thousands of years. And it goes like this. I'll start off by saying Christ is risen, and in the church you would all respond with Christ is risen indeed. And we'll do that three times, all right? Now, I know we're kind of Asian and Chinese, and we're not that good at these congregational um, responses. So I want all of us to just nice and loud show it up because it is the most important time of, of the year when Jesus has resurrected from the dead. All right, I guess ready for this? So we're going to do it three times. Ready? Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. That's right. Let's pray. So God, as we come and prepare ourselves to hear your word and your message today, Lord, we're reminded of how Jesus is living today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your amazing act of sacrifice and love that today we are able to have the gift of salvation and eternal life when we choose to believe in him. So, Father, as we hear your word today, may you just open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, and our eyes to hear the words that you have prepared for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One day a Sunday school teacher was teaching her little class of uh, boys and girls. So the, the Sunday school teacher asked, so, um, who here knows what the meaning of Easter is? And all the little boys and girls quickly shot their hands up. And, and the first girl said, Easter is, is the time when you buy a turkey and you eat it. And, um, and then you would, you would give thanks for all the pilgrims and all the food and everything that you have. And the teacher said, no, that's not quite exactly the meaning of Easter. I think you're talking about Thanksgiving. And then, and then a little boy put a hand up and then the science school teacher said, okay, what do you, do you know what the meaning of Easter is? And then the little boy said, yeah, Easter is a time when you get a tree and you decorate it and you buy lots and lots of gifts and you give it to each other and you sing lots and lots of songs. And then the science school teacher goes, no, that's not the meaning of Easter. And then another little girl puts his hand up and says, I know the meaning of Easter. Easter is a time when, when uh, these parents make you say these weird Chinese phrases to them and afterwards they'll give you money in red envelopes. And then the science school teacher is like, no, that's definitely not the meaning of Easter. Does anyone know the meaning of Easter? And finally, one quiet little girl raises her hand, and the teacher points to her, and the little girl says, Easter is the time when Jesus died on the cross, and he, he, he died, and he was put in a tomb, and they rolled a rock over him, over the tomb, and he was in there for three days. And teacher finally found her, yes, finally, someone knows the meaning of Easter. But then the little girl kept going on. And she said, and then uh, everyone would gather in front of the tomb, and they would wait for Jesus to come out. And when Jesus comes out, and if he sees his own shadow, he will go back inside, and we'll have six more weeks of winter. <laughs> so unlike the little kids in this story, I think for most of us, we know, understand the meaning of Easter. Easter is the time when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and how he has conquered death. And because of all this, because of what he had done on the cross for us, we're able to have salvation and receive the gift of eternal life in heaven. 
I think most of us know this if we've been in the church long enough. But I think the challenge for us today, I think for many of us, that's not really the difficulty. The difficulty is that we may understand the meaning and purpose of Easter, but we may have difficulty applying the significance of Easter to our everyday life. There's, you see, there's a difference between knowing about the significance of Easter and actually living it out. There's a difference between knowing the significance of Easter and actually living it out in your everyday life. So if you really believe in the resurrection, if you really believe that Jesus has risen from the dead and that he is alive today, then that should have a major impact on how you live your life each day as a Christian. So the question that we're going to look at today is, how exactly do we live our life each day with the significance of Easter in it? So first of all, the resurrection assures us that uh, assures us the forgiveness of our sins. The resurrection assures us that our sins are forgiven. Now what this means is that through Jesus' blood and his resurrection, we can be confident that our sins are forgiven and that we are made clean in God's eyes. Now, I don't know about you, I'm really glad that we are assured of our forgiveness. I have a couple, I just remember one thing is, when I was five years old, I had a birthday party. And uh, my family has this weird tradition that when it comes to opening a presents time, we would gather up all our presents in a circle. And, um, and so I invited all my friends, even my best friend came, and then we put all their gifts around a circle, and I was in the middle, and I would take a bottle, empty bottle, and I would spin it. So it's a child's version of spin a bottle, I guess. Um, so we're spinning a bottle, and whatever uh, the bottle points it to at the end, that's the gift you get to open. So I would be spinning the bottle, and I would be opening one present at a time. And each time I open, it's a new toy, and I get more and more excited, because every time there's a new toy that I've always wanted. And finally, I spun the bottle, and it pointed to the gift from my very best friend. Now, this best friend is the friend I knew since when I was born, and we pretty much played together every day. So I it finally opened the present. So I was really excited to open this present for my best friend. I mean, this is my best friend. He knows me the best. So I opened the present. I tear off the wrapping paper. Um, I opened the box, and I was shocked. Inside the box was a sailor suit. Now, the sailor suit, I still remember what it looks like to today. Um, it's, it's a t-shirt with buttons, and it's really short shorts. Um, there's this little handkerchief, like a sailor handkerchief that goes around your neck, and you can tie it. And then there's a little uh, sailboat there. So it was really cute and everything, but it was a sailor suit. It wasn't a toy. And I don't think you should ever give a five-year-old uh, uh, clothes for birthday. Um, but <laughs> the reason why I say is because uh, just this past Christmas, my sister gave my six-year-old nephew um, some Angry Bird pajamas and when he, for Christmas. And when he opened it, he, didn't throw in, uh, he just started crying. <laughs> um, so I think that's... Um, I, and I'm pretty sure it's not uh, tears of joy. Um, he was expecting a toy. So anyway, so I opened a box and I saw it. And I was shocked. It was a sailor suit. So I still remember what I did. And I think I, <laughs> I got up with the gifts in the box for the sailor suit. And I walked into my kitchen. And my best friend followed me because he wanted to see what I was doing with the gift. I walked over to the garbage can. <laughs> and I threw it in there. And I told to my friend in his face, your presence sucks and belongs in the garbage. <laughs> and so today I still regret doing that. Um, but then 
Uh, afterwards, my sister tattletailed on me, told my parents what I did, and I got in trouble. Um, now, the reason why I told you this story is not because to tell you that, oh, you should never buy five-year-old boys clothes for birthdays. Um, the reason is because despite the wrongful and hurtful and sinful things I've done in my past, I know that God forgives me. I'm assured of his forgiveness because I believe in Jesus Christ. So the truth is that we are all sinners. None of us are perfect. We simply need Jesus in our life. That's the truth. Now, when we come to church, I know all of us, maybe many of us, are imprisoned by the guilt of sin. For a long, long time, maybe even. And sometimes we probably have beaten ourselves up so much over things that we have done or things that we shouldn't have done in the past, and that we just feel so guilty about it. And some of us may even feel that we are enslaved to sin. So you may be dealing with addictions or drugs or lust or pornography. You may be struggling with self-control or or self-discipline. Or maybe you desire worldly things such as money, wealth, power, fame, more than you desire God. So whatever our sins is, we all have our own struggles. But here's the good news. Jesus on the cross so that you can be made free, so that you are not enslaved to sin. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. Forgive us all our sins. Having canceled the charge of illegal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made public a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And in Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And when I just read those Bible verses, I'm just so encouraged by it to know that when I confess my sins and I repent from them. And through what Jesus has done on the cross, I can be assured of my forgiveness. I'm no longer a slave to sin. So what this means is, as we look back in our life, the past, the present, and even in the future, whenever we have done something that has failed God, when we confess our sins to him, be freed and know that you are not trapped by sin anymore. But here's the thing. It doesn't stop there. We all know that we're sinners. We all know that we all need forgiveness. But the thing is, because we have been so graciously forgiven by God, we too need to learn how to forgive each other. Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer and the Sermon on Mount that we will be forgiven as we forgive others. So let me ask you this today. Is there someone that you need to forgive on this Easter morning? Someone who has wronged you? Someone who has hurt you? Perhaps it's a spouse or a parent or a son or daughter. Perhaps it's a relative or a friend or a co-worker or a classmate. Maybe it's someone who used to come to this church or someone who's currently going to this church. Who is it that you need to offer forgiveness to 
So on this Easter morning, I pray that you will find the grace and the mercy to forgive others, just as how our Heavenly Father has forgiven us. So secondly, aside from assuring us of our forgiveness, Easter can also affect our everyday life by giving us great hope in the times when we most need it. God, through the resurrection, can give us great hope. Um, this may sound nice to know, but as we start thinking and apply this to real-life problems and difficulty and struggles and tragedies, we start to question if this is actually possible. How is it possible that through the resurrection of Christ that we can have this hope? Let's look at some examples. Um, how many of you have been following the news about the missing Malaysian Airlines um, MH370? It's, it's been gone. The, this plane has been missing since March 8th. And for those of you who don't know about it, um, all of its, uh, the entire plane, all of its crew members and the 227 passengers have just mysteriously gone missing. And so today, they're still looking for this missing plane. Now, as I think about this tragedy and this ordeal, I'm trying to imagine how difficult it is for the family members of these passengers of this missing flight to be going through. How hard is it for them to experience this? I mean, in the first couple of days, there's probably still this hope for them that they'll find their loved ones. But as day by day, as time passes, this hope probably slowly fades away little by little. But then all of a sudden, there's reports of, oh, oh the searchers probably found a, a part of the missing plane or oil slick on the, on the, on the ocean. And, and all of a sudden, their hope is, is, is up again. There's hope again. But very soon, they find that, oh, this actually wasn't from the plane. And then their hope just goes down and, and vanishes again. Just a roller coaster of emotions that families are going through as they wait for the news of their loved ones. So if a Christian was in this situation, one of these family members, if you were one of these family members waiting for um, the, the, the report of your missing loved one, how exactly can the resurrection of Christ give you hope in this situation? How does it help at all? So I know in my mind that Jesus is alive, but my loved one is probably dead or missing. Let's look at another example. If a Christian is struggling to make ends meet and, and could barely provide food for, for the children and their families, how can the resurrection of Christ and the knowledge of that give them hope in the situation? Maybe one more. If you or a loved one, you found out that they have a terminal illness, a disease, and that they're dying, maybe you're dying, how can the resurrection of Christ give you hope, provide you with the strength to carry on, to, to have this perseverance? How can the resurrection of Christ give us hope? Now, these are all very real situations. These are all examples of people uh, who are struggling every day in the world and also reveals the uh, fragility of life. But the thing is, as we look at these situations and maybe even think about your own challenges that you're going through right now, it's important for us to first understand that being a Christian does not make you immune to the suffering and the brokenness of this world. Being a Christian does not, does not make you make all your problems and suffering and difficulties and challenges go away. And that's just one of the realities of living in a fallen and broken world. 
But here's the thing. We can have hope through the resurrection because when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we are given the sense of peace that comes only from knowing Christ. It says in John 16.33, I have, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So it's important for us to understand that peace and the troubles of this world, they do not cancel each other out. They do not negate each other. But in fact, the peace of Jesus that comes only from Jesus and having a relationship with him assures us and comforts us when we face the uncertainties and struggles of this world. It's just like a seagull that's riding in a turbulent sea in the ocean and how it climbs with the swells of the waters and how it drops with the valleys of the waves without worry or fear at all. And there's one more thing. In addition to knowing that this peace that comes from knowing Christ, us as Christians, as believers in Christ, we also no longer have to be afraid of death. You know, through the resurrection of Christ, the chains of death have been broken. And we know that no matter what happens on earth or how dark our days on earth will be, we will always have a future with him. We need to keep our hearts and remember that the worst things are not the last things. The worst things that we experience in life are not the last things. Us as Christians, we have this future with Christ, with God in heaven that we can always look forward to no matter the challenges we go through. And I think by knowing this, by believing this, our lives and how we face our struggles and challenges would ultimately be transformed we would be given the strength and the hope. So as we celebrate Easter today, we are reminded that Easter is not just another holiday or Christian tradition, but really Easter should be in our everyday life. We are reminded that the resurrection of Christ means the assurance of forgiveness. We are reminded that the resurrection of Jesus provides us with hope, and that the resurrection of Jesus declares victory over sin, over evil, over death, over any form of suffering. Victory is really what Easter is all about. So as we continue walking this journey of life together as a Christ community, may we declare the victory of Christ wherever we go and let all the people that we meet know that Christ is risen. Let's pray. So God, we are so thankful for this message of hope. To know that no matter how, many, how much sins we have in our life, God, we, you will forgive us. And God, we thank you so much for this grace, for your mercies, for your compassion, that we are able to find hope in Christ. So God, as we go back to our everyday life throughout the week, through the rest of the, the months and the years, Lord, help us to remember each and every day about what you have done for us on the cross. That Easter is not just one day of the year, but that we should live it every day. So God, as we reflect on our life and our our own weaknesses, our, our sins, the things that we struggle with and the hardships that we go through, God, teach us to come to you continually each day for the strength and for the hope that's found only in your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.